Hi and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ali Hart and you are listening to Build a Creative Business in a Noisy World. But for the next while, we are delving deeper into something that I'm really passionate about and that is learning how to love ourselves from our brain to our very bones. Um, I have different experts joining me from the wellbeing industry and I really hope you can join me on this journey as we dig a little deeper uh, to learn about ourselves but also just to realize that life is to be lived and how can we reach that capacity by doing internal work, external work and all of the above. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so today I have my first guest who is Eileen, who I have met, so unlike some of the other guests I've got lined up, I have uh, been fortunate enough to meet in person and to avail of her services through our third born. Um, Eileen Russell is a play therapist. I'm sure you'll be able to uh, make that a bit more, I don't know, is that is that what you said? Is that the right term? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Good, good. Um, so today we get to shine a light on play therapy, but also on Eileen and who you are, what you do and um, how you've got to this point. So you're very welcome. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be part of your podcast. It's Big so fan. Good. Oh, it's so good to have you. Do you want to tell us even in like a one minute summary of what it is that you do and then a little bit about you and family and how you've got here? Yeah. So yes, I'm Eileen. And um, so I own Waymaker Child Therapy. And we are a relatively new not for profit organisation um, throughout Northern Ireland. And we want every child in Northern Ireland to access the help that they need through play therapy. So play therapy is an inside out job and it is working through creative modalities like play and art to heal children from their inner core. So we go after um, deep things so that there's a reset rather than putting sticky plasters on the top. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and have you always, how did you get here? Or tell you have family of your own, haven't you? Is it something? I have, yes. Um, so I have a boy and a girl who um 14 and eight years old now. Um, and started off actually when I was young. I know that you wanted to be a teacher when you were mm-hmm. um at one stage as well, Ali. That's what I wanted to be when I was younger. Um, and came along and it didn't quite work out when I left school. Um, did a couple of jobs, had no idea what I wanted to do and then started to work um, in a public service in the library service, really quickly got into children's services there Um, and I would have worked strategically across all of Northern Ireland, um, training staff and doing a lot about the brain development etc and the more I did and I loved that job but the more I did it and I think having my own daughter um, just I think my own experiences, I grew up um, myself in a house in the countryside of Northern Ireland, which was beautiful, but my dad had a really severe mental illness and he still does. Um, And just how that impacted me as a child. And then fast forward to me having my own daughter, um, who said is now 14. I had a miscarriage when she was three and I had a stillborn when she was four. And I watched her change overnight after that experience. I watched this confident, bubbly child change into anxiety, um, you know, not wanting to leave me and just watch the impact on that on her and then just being aware of more and more children not being able to live out everyday life mm-hmm. and so that started me down a path of thinking what can I do about this um, and just happened to open 
a newspaper one day and saw play therapy and thought, oh, what's this? Always loved art. I did art for A-level um, at school and it's like it's just brought all of the bits of pieces together for me. So I did a postgraduate in play therapy wow. um, and have, I mean, the first day that I did the course, I sat there just could not believe that I had actually found it um, and what it was actually about and brings everything the love of art always loved kids always from being a kid myself so it just brought it all together beautifully for me brilliant um you might not want to but I'm really sorry to hear that you had experienced I had experienced a miscarriage but early on Mm -hmm. 14 weeks um how was that we're talking obviously about from the inside out do you want to tell us anything about that or Yeah, that was um, a really hard experience, um, life-changing experience, I suppose, um, and a very dark place full of fear. Um, It's a very, it's not really a spoken subject, um, very taboo, and just the effect that it had on me, on my husband, on our family. You never think that you have to bury a child. Um, And yeah, so that was pretty tough. Um, But then from that, you know, from those tough experiences, you have to dig deep. Mm-hmm. And that's when you go into your inner core mm-hmm. to find out. So I've had a lot of therapy um, and that journey of therapy for me sort of led up very nicely until my play therapy training experience, mm-hmm. which then is even as a very experiential course. Yeah. And on that course, we are constantly in process because we have to experience what a child experiences when they're with us. Yeah. So that dug even deeper. And also we can never be shaken by anything that happens. Yeah. So we have to go into the depths of, the depths of who we are. Yeah. And really, I suppose it's when we work with a child, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion mm-hmm. until your true self emerges. And when you get to that place, it's not an easy journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to that place, you know who you are. Yeah. And even uh, learned behavior, isn't there? Things you've been told. I remember listening to a podcast um, recently and it's called The Happy Place. And they were they were talking about it's an American guy. Um, he's a presenter in ABC America. And someone was on and was talking about, you know, like you've been told that if a, a circumstance like that happens, how you cope, how you deal. But actually, until you do internally, you realize how this is how I can navigate it. Um, thanks for sharing with that. That's um, in in one way I can see how you are. I don't know. You're built differently. I think you just have a lovely spirit and a soul. Whenever you meet in person, and it's like all of these things. Um, life really does just mold you, doesn't it? And whenever you have a place in a professional capacity, you, you can use those experiences. Yeah. Um, And you then, so you went through the play therapy training and then what age were your children whenever the two kids by this stage, whenever you finished? Um, So when I finished, um, it was about four or five years ago now. Um, So it was tough doing a postgraduate. I was working at the same time. Um, but thankfully at that stage it was part-time um, but just loved the course and then as part of the course you do 100 clinical hours with children okay. so I was doing that as well so that was pretty busy um, but loved it so it didn't feel like work Yeah. Um, and then when I graduated from play therapy it's quite a new field to Northern Ireland um, and there aren't many posts and so I just I suppose I just had a desire that I wanted to have my own business 
Um, and so I opened that and really quickly, really fortunate. I was really fully booked very quickly. Um, and a lot of it is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that, then um, very quickly, I had a lot of parents contacting me whose children really needed help but they couldn't afford the service. Mm-hmm. And whilst I would have done the odd one for free and you couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Forever. have a um, podcast on that. You know, we can only <laughs> give so much, yeah. Yes. Um, so um, I decided to use my strategic experience in the public sector and start a not-for-profit organisation. Okay. So really the heart behind what we do is that we want every child to access the service regardless of their financial circumstances. Brilliant. Um, you were saying about oh, the, whenever you were doing the training for play therapy, what is that like? You know, I, I do think as the older we get, the more maybe it's just me, but it's like you you realize that life, you know, someone had said about the dots. And if, if you put 100 dots on a page mm-hmm. and you tick off each one every year and you start to look at what dots are left, if you live to 100 um, I do think you start to maybe it's just me, but we do get to the stage you're like, what is happiness? You know, what, how do I, who am I? What am I doing? So it's one of the things I love is going back to those childhood things off air. I was telling you about cycling with my son yesterday, my two boys and revisiting those um, childhood experiences. But what was it like when you were doing play therapy? Because I'm just thinking of the things that um, our son Abraham was on the toys and when you go into the in Eileen's space it's this beautiful big open airy space with toys but it's all organized fab toys and he knows where everything is and what was it like is that what you're saying you had to to do that side of it yeah Yeah. so the the course is I mean of course there's theory around what we do but it is experiential because the only um Play therapy is psychotherapy. And the only way you can actually get your head around what is that is by experiencing it yourself. So we were constantly in process so that we could experience and go back to being a child, actually tapping into play as a child's language. It's their world. It's, It's how they communicate. It's how they process. And so we went back into that. And, um, yeah, there were some very significant experiences. Um, throughout that things that just you know every process that we had something came up you don't ever go into a process of for example the sand tray or art and you're given 45 minutes and the difference is it's in a therapeutic setting Mm -hmm. so when someone's holding that therapeutically for you something will come up and for me that happened and it actually took me right back to being in the womb Right. Um, I peeled back so far and realized I had quite a traumatic um, experience in the womb. And then I was healed from that. Yeah. Um, so it, it really took me right back to my, the, some people say, you know, it's like unconscious work or your innermost being. And then is that also tied with the play side of it? You know, was it fun? Like, were you? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got to experience being a child mm-hmm. um, and that that was magical um, there's no words to describe what that feels like yeah um, and yeah really powerful and just the power of what our children experience and something quite simple you know it's and quite- even being on your knees or being down lower isn't it that whole thing of um, 
you know, rather than standing towering up whenever you're at the minute, my, um, I have an online teaching program and a, a students on there. It's called the unintentional artist. And it at the minute I were encouraging them to paint in their bare feet and to do things in your bare feet. And even that real sensory side of it mm-hmm. um, is Waymaker. Can you tell us about your, the name? I should have actually said the name rather than play therapist at the start. Tell what, what brought you to that name? Yes, well, I'm a Christian um, with, um, so my faith along the way has been really, um, it's my steadfast that keeps me going, keeps me, my inner peace. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that was just um, Waymaker is God. But also in that, I suppose, thinking about, you know, I want children to be their Waymakers. I want to reset them back to who they're meant to be. Yeah. And so lots of children, if they've had something hard happen to them over their life, and sometimes it's really easy to know, you know, someone's died and that's been really difficult or there's been a illness or sometimes it's not so easy to know. There's just layers. It could be a traumatic birth, just layers of things um, that set off a faulty alarm system. Mm -hmm. And we want to reset children back to being who they were meant to be, to being the child that they are meant to be mm-hmm. to resetting them back to that rather than having anxiety and all these adult worries and things put over them that they don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's bringing children back to who they were born, what they were created to be and who they were born to be again. Um, and just to give an example for, for me, for anybody that doesn't know this on the podcast. So for us, um, our third boy pulls his hair out and that was, um, that's been from, I, I stopped feeding him. That was really when it started, he would pull my hair and that was five or six, he was five or six months old. And that has gone on now. And that was, that's how I first was introduced to you, Eileen, because we'd gone down the medical route and then different people had said. Um, so I still don't know, it's increased the last week or two. And it was only just Michael and I having a proper conversation that we wondered if it's the worry of starting school again, you know, like the behaviors changed. When people come to you, is there, because you're saying there, but really obviously for me, my dad died. We didn't actually go through therapy, probably why I end up having therapy now. <laughs> but um, it's, so he was just before my birthday and it's very significant to me. And even there was a girl I was talking to last night, I did a dance thing with her when we were 17. And I have very few memories of that. My memories of my childhood are very slim like and that's 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 actually teenage years and but I think that sometimes can be to do the way with the brain maybe works and trauma but when someone comes to you and says about that because for me it it felt a bit like he pulls his hair you know do you is there a scale of you know someone parents died someone the hair pulling or is it just when people come to you do you just start from the same point and at all? Yeah, well, we take everybody as they are um, and we meet them where they are, not where we think we, they should be. Okay. Um, so our service is very child led yeah. and also parent. I mean, I work with parents as well um, and everything we do is from their we meet them where they are Mm -hmm. and take them with us so um every child matters and we ask the same questions and build a picture um when someone comes to us and we walk them through it very gently because we know that this is tricky work it's Mm -hmm. difficult and it's hard for parents to reach out I mean all the time parents will say to me I just can't you know 
sometimes they'll say, I can't fix that or I can't help them with that. Mm -hmm. And I always say to them, there is no shame reaching out to get professional support. Mm -hmm. Um, And for, I mean, for me, it's as simple as handing your child over to a GP. You know, we're, we're trained to be the professionals yeah. to see the world. We really see the world from the eyes of a child mm-hmm. and from their perspective. And we want um, parents to help them to learn what's going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, you know, parents will think, you know, it might look like naughty behaviour or something. It's not. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond the child's control. It's faulty alarm system mm-hmm. in their unconscious so most of it's outside of their control. And when we start to educate parents and let them know this is why this is happening, and um, which is why we always offer a free consultation to make sure that our service is the right fit for each child, but also to help parents understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because when you understand it, then you can deal with it better. Yeah. Um, and we also work with parents so I've just finished a parenting journal actually that we're going to release and and it's about inside out parenting because I believe that every parent knows deep down what they need to do in their gut for their child they just need to trust themselves yeah because nobody knows their child better than their parents Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just beginning to tap into that gut instinct is this right for them or is it not and that's what we encourage in our work as well I think that's the, um, sorry to interrupt you there, but I think that's the hardest thing as a parent, especially when it's for us, the third child, you're like, what, what, how have we got to this? Like, how is this not working? Um, and, and also you're saying there about, you know, that you know them best. I think that's where it really pulls at my heart, you know, the, the time out or whatever. Like, it's like, how am I, how am I not getting, how am I not doing that right? Or how is this not working when I'm the one that knows him the best, you know, the best. Um, And you think like that's a lot to do with, um, I'm so excited about this series because there is a real, you know, um, internal aspect to talking to people about some are physical, different physical therapies, but a lot of well-being from the core. Um, Well, how do you feel then whenever society tells parents to do one that like do you feel like there's a little bit of a reverse like education system as well like we can't play I always feel like you can't blame teachers for me if you know let's talk about something as like well I'm I'm art based you know so I try to I'm in the unintentional artist I'm basically reversing everything that they were told about if they can't draw the apple correctly like they were meant to in school I'm telling them that it's okay to do that do you think there's some of that with what you do Oh, definitely, yes. Um, and a lot of children even, it's amazing, actually, even in my play therapy training, the amount of therapists who were training, who were traumatised by art because they, they were told in school they couldn't do it. Well, they couldn't do it the way that it actually was wanted. But for me, real art is actually just starting to do something and whatever turns up on the page mm-hmm is actually you connecting into your unconscious and you're bringing up what's meant to be. And I think as a society, it is really hard for parents because um, and through no fault of professionals like health visitors or nursery school teachers. So more than often, I mean, in fact, a couple of times last week, I have a conversation with parents about um, maybe autism might come up. 
um, oh, well, they're doing this and the health visitors pointed it out and the nurseries pointed it out. And I'm saying to them, okay, well, you know, let's look at this developmentally. Your child's actually not meant to be doing that until they're eight. Mm -hmm. They're four at this stage. Um, And and it's really unfortunate that um, a lot of our systems pulls out faults. So what's your child not doing? Um, Well, actually, what are they doing? Because there'll be lots of things that they are doing and a lot of it will come in their own time. Um, And I think I know even from my own experience of being a very confident mum because I loved I looked after babies when I was little so I had lots of experience of that and very confident and then I remember for my first um, child the health visitor came at at two years old and I thought we were doing really well I thought it would go well and she picked out about seven faults and I remember thinking gosh Um, and even fast forward to my son being that age and me knowing all of the developmental stuff from our training and actually thinking, hold on, I'm not sure I agree with you here, mm-hmm. but actually um, I was, it is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so whenever I, I get sad, when I hear conversations from parents like that, that think they're doing something wrong. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, a child needs one person who thinks the sun rises and shines in them and if you're that person as a parent if you're championing what they do if you're there um in the hard times to allow them children need to be angry they need to get that behavior up yeah it has to come out um and so that's okay if as a parent if you're letting that behavior come up actually it's quite healthy isn't it strange though how we are you know so this morning um everyone was pretty ready for school and then our second boy who is never he's always the last out and we just said can we try and make this work now they were getting out very early but um I, I was I, I started to like my voice had started to rise you know and I was like we've asked you to be like we've just asked you to try and think of everybody else and you're in really good time and it's the first day and um our youngest was like mom just calm calm mom um but you know that thing of emotions and dealing with emotions I, I have to remind myself that it's okay that kids are upset that kids are yeah. Because, you know, we then end up having one of the podcasts I listen to now, ones that are about people who are bringing in guests who are telling you that it's OK, that if you're still emotional at 38 and that you're still yet we're yeah trying to. I think in Northern Ireland, it's um, a generational thing as well. So don't show your feelings. Yeah. You're always OK. Yeah. Um, and actually we're not always okay. So as parents, we're going to have days that we're up and down as people, as adults, no matter who you are, Mm -hmm. we're going to have good days and bad days. And that's okay. It's actually claiming that and knowing, well, next, you know, a bad day doesn't have to be a bad week or a bad month, but you are allowed to have a bad day. Um, And And actually our children are too. Exactly. Um, Do you, would you say there's a time scale that is good? Like if someone was to come to you, like, do you, you know, because I guess that's the the worry is that people want them fixed, isn't it? They want it fixed, problems yeah. fixed. And uh, again, not exactly the same by any chance. But for me, it was like people always wanted when I was a community artist, always wanted a product. You know, you couldn't just come and make art and then leave. It had to be a product that you went away with at the end. Um, do you, is there a time scale that you think is preferable that you work around whenever you work with a child? Well, when we work with a child, it is around 
12 to 14 weeks minimum mm-hmm. um, and some children need a lot more and that's okay so our service is completely child-led and we are taught to be non-directive and child-led so what's happening is it's like peeling back the layers of an onion mm-hmm. and for every child that's different um, and because we're doing that we're actually not pulling stuff up that they're not ready to cope with which is yeah. actually really dangerous as well so um, there is, I suppose it's it's a process and we're constantly told in the in our training, trust the process, trust the process. And so whenever we're doing our um, uh, consultation with parents, we're saying it's a process. It's I always see it like a circle mm-hmm. where we go after the hard stuff and then actually the second half is um, where the child actually really becomes attuned to their own feelings and how they are and somehow they start to figure out how to problem solve on their own mm-hmm. without being taught and they, they figure that out because we're going to their core mm-hmm. and, and is that, that a sign of like I don't mean to use the word success but is that like an is that a, a milestone in the journey do you feel Yes, absolutely. And play therapy is proven to put new neural pathways in the brain. So it puts in healthy ones after it goes after the faulty alarm system. Okay. So we do the hard layers first and the hard work first. And then we go up and out the other side, which I see like the second half of the circle, um, so that the child is confident in the world and who they are. And um, they just seem to be able to articulate how they're feeling. It doesn't mean that they're going to always feel really good because that's not, that's not, um, yeah, that's not realistic. But they will be able to tell you um, what they are feeling. And if they are having a bad day, they'll have words for that. Okay. Um, and speaking of confidence, just to shift slightly, um, you, whenever I'd first, I think I'd put on an Instagram story about um, our son's hair pulling and you had replied to me and I got, I got quite a lot of um, different DMs about it, which is lovely. People are very um, kind and offering advice because I wouldn't have put up much about him, but it, it it's because it's such a physical act of him pulling and it's so aggressive when you look at it, uh, um, as he does the act sometimes it just feels like, like a lot so I'd shared it and I remember then I had replied to you and I think you had said something like I've never actually done that before um, well, what made you step out or did you just sometimes do you just, I know that you're very confident in your practice which is yeah. a beautiful yeah. thing yeah I had never done that before and wouldn't do that <laughs> um, most of I mean I don't I've been very fortunate not to have to search out anything. It always yes. comes to me. But just on that day um, and what you'd said, I thought, oh, I know what can help that. Um, and I suppose lots of parents don't know about play therapy. Um, and if your child's struggling, just you know, reach out and get professional support. And it wasn't, I just want to say for the record, it wasn't a sales pitch. That was not what you'd done. You had no, just replied with this lovely yeah. guidance of what I could do. Yeah, and it wasn't even necessarily that I was saying that it had to be me. It was yeah. just play therapy, search out play therapy. Um, and yeah, for lots of things that children experience, it helps because it is so it's such a nurture and safe environment for them. And it's actually their world. We are not expecting them to come into our adult world. We enter their world, and that's when it that's when it, the powerfulness of it all happens. 
Um, we would say as well about our third, you know, everything really is about him. So <laughs> part of me, part of me just has a vision of him in your studio or in your space, just directing you to do whatever. That seems to be where he sits comfortably. And um, one experience that I don't need to go uh, deep into, but like I can say that whenever near the end of the sessions when he was working with you um, and you were working on what you would call deep um core work um and it was it was around his hair pulling I think it was around the hair pulling or I've actually forgotten his other many uh things that we well I, I think it was around the hair pulling anyway and he then had like a physical motion do you remember in your yes um and that was so unusual I don't remember like because he's he's you know he was five now and that was a really like strange but also not strange is that so physics are what I'm trying to say is the physical and the internal and the emotional are all connected um, oh, absolutely. and lost absolutely. kind of there was obviously a yeah. shift physically yeah and that we're quite used to that um so we always make sure we have the toilets ready on hand because when a child needs to go they need to go because mm -hmm. all of our systems are interlinked and um, when we're working so deeply, especially um, at the beginning with a child, we work in their unconscious. Um, and I mean, 70% of what we do every day comes from our unconscious. It does not come from our cognitive mind. Okay. Um, so we are working um, in the unconscious. And then when a child, I mean, a big thing that we try to get is trust. And we get that quite quickly because it's such a nurturing environment. Mm -hmm. But when we have trust, then we're in the unconscious. And then we go to the subconscious, which is the absolute core, the depths of the depths. And when we're working there, stuff will shift quite significantly. But that also sets off other systems. Okay. Um, and, the you know, that toilet would be one of them. Yeah. And it's a quick, a quick run. So, yeah. And then also the other thing was that even though he is five, he wasn't embarrassed at all. He just was like, help me out here. Something's happened. And, yeah. But I, mean, I felt so distressed, you know, and I just gave him more cuddles when we got home and felt like, I guess, embarrassed for him. But the, his shame, or not shame, but, you know, like the way. And I, I mean, I know I've done my job. If a child does what they need to do with me and yeah. there is absolutely no shame from yeah. parents or children, there's no shame. There's nothing that we haven't heard that would shake us. Yeah. Um, you know, we we just accept children and families exactly for who they are and what they need to do in that moment, especially when we're working with a child. Um, and we could never be rocked by something. We would never look shocked. Mm -hmm. We are just there to support yeah. and be what we need to be that tower of strength for whatever that needs to come out comes out and it's not like um just thinking of people maybe it's a northern irish thing too but you know people can be very um uh past remarkable about things like there anything with therapy on the yeah. end of it do you ever get that negative um or people thinking it's just oh that's lovely people just come we kids come and play with you or yeah I do get that quite but there was actually something recently um in the media in England that caused quite a storm because a um a soap had said oh sure they're just going to play um and we get that quite a bit what once we 
go through um, the consultation with parents mm-hmm. and we explain on a deeper level, this is connected to that. That's why that's happening. And then we say, look, we need you to trust us yeah. now and hand over your child. You're not going to see differences in the first one, two, three weeks. We just need you to trust us and the process. And so quite often it might be granny that will say, oh, sure, what's that? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and they might, but then they're always shocked down the line. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think there is a, quite a taboo around mental health in Northern Ireland and the word therapy in my eyes, having been through therapy myself, I think everybody should have therapy I know. at yeah. some stage in their life. I'd actually said to Michael um, there that, you know, I think I would quite like some therapy and not in a dramatic, I'm desperate time, but just yeah. a few resets. And actually the parenting side is, is one of it because we're at the transition of our 12 year olds going into the teens and then our 10-year-old is starting the AQE and um, and he, I'm sure he will be fine. Everyone will be fine in life. I didn't pass my 11 plus, which is a Northern yeah, Irish. Um, yes, and um, we have turned out fine. It's yeah. just that trying to, even, even that actually, we could probably touch on that briefly. Is there an age limit of when you, or is it all? We were children up to 16. Okay. 16, but the older a child is, you know, it's maybe not play therapy, it's creative arts therapy. Okay. But it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, we might talk a bit more, but, you know, it's completely child-led, so whatever the child needs. Yeah, because I definitely think that, oh, there's no point in me getting on a soapbox about it, but it, it's it's hard for me to articulate to people how... When, when when a lot of people have passed this exam and got into the school that they wanted or whatever, um, it's it's hard for me to articulate to my children that it actually doesn't it doesn't mean you're a worse person. Yeah. Because, like it's like this connection of education and marks on a paper and performance. Yeah. Um, it's it's real. I'm finding it really difficult. And then mm-hmm. and then you praise them when they do well. I feel like I'm in this very strange cycle. It, it is difficult, and, and it's a, a difficult transition at quite a young age of you know ten, eleven. And actually, your child's identity is not in their performance. Mm-hmm. Nobody's identity is in their performance, but this system says in a way that it is. Yeah. So how, failure. How, failure like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how I always pitched it to my daughter, who's been through it, um, was just that it just defines what school's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the main thing. It doesn't matter what school you go to. Um, from our eyes as a parent, we just want you to find the right place for you. Okay. Yeah. That suits what you like and suits who you need to be. Yeah. Um, and it's not about, oh, you're going to this school because you're better, because it's not. Um, and... Yeah, and I always think that in the path of life, you always, you're talking at the beginning about the dots, they always align to be on the path that you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and education isn't just the big thing there. Um, and actually I did, in my GCSEs, I did every bit as well, maybe better than some of the children who went to the grammar schools, et cetera. So 
Um, I think our education system here for post-primaries, regardless of where you go, is really very good. It's really good. We're very lucky. Um, and do you do you ever or why why children over why play therapy over like adult therapy? Because I think you'd be a good therapist for me. I mean, <laughs> well, sometimes I do. We could get um, the paintbrushes out. Sorry, I'm only I'm not being. Yeah. Well, not sometimes being I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, get adults. Don't advertise it, but. It is about, and I, I would recommend to any adult to go for um, creative arts therapy, actually, because that is tapping into your unconscious. So what happens is in the centre of everybody, we have an ego mm-hmm. and that ego protects us from stuff coming up. So you were saying there about there's some of your childhood that you don't remember. Mm-hmm. Your ego has pushed that down so that it can't come up because it feels it needs to protect you. And so when we're in a therapeutic space in a creative modality, it's like your ego can no longer protect you and the unconscious becomes conscious and then you process it and deal with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, I love that. So that happened quite a bit with me also from having um, quite a hard childhood with things that I'd seen. um, And then fast forward into my play therapy training and it all came up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, therapy is not easy but it is the road to freedom. It's about having more capacity. Um, I always say it's like your Sky Plus box um, where you have 100% to record. to record, And every layer of life, our unconscious remembers and it stores. And so if you have lots of layers there and you're maybe 80% full, you've only 20% to do life and you tip over quite often. Yeah. Um, and I mean, um, I know for me, I mean, I was coping with life okay. I maybe wasn't 80% full, but there were layers there. And whenever I went after them to delete them, I had more capacity for being me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had um, I had Lee Telford on and she is a well-being coach. And, but I had, and, and I guess in a form of therapy, I had sessions with her for about six to 10 weeks and a lot of it is childhood and revisiting childhood. And, and for uh, after sessions, I, I couldn't wait to tell people who thought it was crazy. Some of the things, but one of, and I love that you said there about deleting so that you could make space because um, that is, that is the thing with mental health, isn't it? As well is that we are way down. Like nobody else sees that those blocks and those, everything that's uh, that could be deleted and re- dealt with, sorry, dealt with and then deleted. And one of the things we did was uh, I had this, I talk about it in the podcast with her, but with dad, I was on a beach and was, cause I was young whenever he passed away and it, but it was on our favorite beach in Port Ballantrae and there was a bonfire and it was so real to me. And I could see myself, my younger self, and dad was there and you're trying to work through how I was feeling. And, and I've always been, because my mom was so good and life was, you know, life went on. You didn't have any other choice, but I, I was kind of able to be angry because I was angry that I was left. Yeah. I was angry that he wasn't there. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm going to cry now, but it was um, a whole session around this and it was so healing. Yeah. Yeah. And for to put that in the bonfire to deal with that. And it really did, as you said, about making space. Um, and is there anything you would say to people in their everyday life 
So with their children, without their children, people who are just listening to this because they're interested in, in you and what it is you do and the idea of therapy, um, like on a day-to-day basis, is there anything you would want people to do, know, be, try to do? Yeah, I think it's, and I think even through lockdown for me, even more it's about the small things, isn't it? And life is all about perspective and how you see it. Um, and I think gratefulness is massive. Um, I know I always tell school kids this, but like for me, I might think, oh, I have to clean my house again and I can't be bothered. I'll just sit down for five minutes and start to think, I'm really thankful that I have a bed, I have um, food here, I've got, you know, I feel safe here, I've, I'm, I've got heat. And then I'll get up and feel really grateful that I have a house to clean. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about those everyday simple things and tapping into the things that you love. So anything creative, um, I mean, when you create, and and you'll know this, Ali, with your profession and what you do every day, you, you are connecting with a deeper layer, layer of yourself when yeah. you paint or when you do anything creative, it could be craft, whatever that looks like, um, and just doing those things for you. Yeah. Um, I think for parents and busy professionals, it's really easy to um, get bogged down with life and be busy and, and and I know I do this sometimes put myself in the back burner um, and I'm working hard at the minute to make sure that I fit in the exercise every day for me mm-hmm. um, and to make myself the strongest and I suppose if we are in the best place um, that we can possibly be then um, we can cope with the other things that come or we can cope with kids or relatives or whatever that looks like um, and yeah yeah, um, and just you're talking there about the creative arts. Like my the, the the people that I mentor are often creatives. Um, and I had an in person session with one of the females that I've been working with for a year, and I said to her, I "Couldn't wait for this series and etc." And she said, "Yeah, because your mentoring is more about." the whole picture rather than like this is how you because she said yes you always get from me how you set up your Instagram website and the practical side um and it's the same with the teaching of that uh, we did a survey just this week and what you're saying about you know being able when you are creative and you're in the subconscious subconscious wasn't it you're saying you know that yeah that is when like that's when life really is that's when you're connecting with life and with you, isn't it? When you're just really getting to know yourself. And, and that's so important. And for those people that are um, taking part in your course, it is mm-hmm. always about, there's no point being taught one part of it, but that is the whole round experience of, mm-hmm. which is so important. And something that we also do, um, we work with professionals as well. I train professionals um, and, you know, we're trained professionals in things like trauma, etc. But something that we're going into much bigger as an organisation, I suppose, is problem solving mm-hmm. and innovation. So we use things like Lego and art and paint to bring up because actually everybody knows the solution to problems in their unconscious. The, the solution's there. You just need to tap into it and bring it up. Mm-hmm. And so through the training, we um, consult with organisations to find out what what's your problems what is it that you're facing at the minute that needs and um, will help them to bring that up and out brilliant um and we do that through yeah a lot of lego mm-hmm. um because they're creating 
um, and then art. And then we also do innovation. So what are the new services or the new products that you need to innovate? And we'll bring that up because actually they have the solutions. They just need to tap into what that is um, and bring it up and make them conscious, hear of it in their cognitive mind. Super. And that, you know, whenever I I didn't, I wasn't an art therapist, but would have worked with social services because I was a support worker. And they say, oh, you do arts. And I would have been in and worked with young people who'd abused solvents or who had been um, sexually abused. And it was it was some of the best work, you know, for me, challenging. But the one thing I used to always say to, to give feedback was like busy hands, open heart. It felt like that was the those busy hands so it's just really interesting that a lot of uh corporate companies are now bringing your saying about <clears throat> lego i was actually i was pitched for a big company in london for me to do the paint workshop but the other person that was in for that was a lego oh, um so sense. obviously yours is an even so i'm thinking about those are just remember i said about a product those are a product probably at the end of that whereas what you're saying is a real innovative and obviously group sessions to bring things up. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me then a little bit more about the business before we wrap up, because I know that you are, you know, you're speaking as if it's just you, Eileen, but you now have a team, you have a team of different people that work for you in different locations. Is that right? Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, and we want to grow that. So basically we want to be throughout Northern Ireland mm-hmm. um, uh, so that everybody can avail of the service um, for children and, um, I'm working at the minute. I'm just beginning. I finished my parenting journal, which is about inside out parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work to bring that online. Brilliant. Um, and that'll so be a package that, or would that be? Yeah, it'll be a package. So it'll be the journal alongside um, a virtual platform of Brilliant. some description um, so that every parent can access it. And again, our heart is whether you can afford it or not, mm-hmm. that you would be able to access that. Um, and we are looking really about becoming financially sustainable for the future um, and not having to rely on funding, etc. So we have launched, um, just launched there in the summer, a clothing range. I know adults and kids so it's Waymaker um, for adults and then Little Waymaker Mm -hmm. so we've been at a few events and just the feedback from that already has been amazing Mm -hmm. and really exciting to see where that goes and then also we will be launching more into training um, professionals going into the corporate world um, and really tapping into their corporate social responsibility so if they get the service from us when then all of the profits from what we do go towards these children to have therapy. So um, just, you know, more and more organisations are becoming more aware of, you know, social responsibility um, and we are a social enterprise. So it's um, so that's the next, the two big plans, I suppose, are the clothing for this year and then tapping into that professional training, um, all of which profits come back in for kids to get therapy. That is the core of what we do. Um, it just makes me, you know, one in eight children in Northern Ireland have a mental, um, are struggling with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And 70% of those are not getting the support that they need, mm-hmm. which just makes me so sad um, when I know that a few sessions of play therapy or creative arts play um, therapy would really help mm-hmm. um, and so we want to support all the other organizations like schools or um, sure starts whoever it is that works with children out there we want to be there to support that work as well 
I really love the idea that people, <clears throat> so when people, when you've been at different events with Waymaker, is that you vocalizing about play therapy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. How beautiful. Yeah. That, that's a great. Yeah. And I, I, cause I, I keep meaning to get one for Abraham actually, um, a t-shirt and even on your social, like how great that that is normalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, um, that was bigger than what I have expected it to be so far. So as we go out with Waymaker and Little Waymaker, we have, you know, our, the kids have really loved the geometric bear. That's, yes, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, um, which I drew actually um, and has a, a deeper meaning. Everything that we do has a deeper meaning. Um, but I've been really delighted how much children have really loved the bear but how much conversation then it's rising about, well, what is play therapy? And as we go out with the merchandise, um, more people are getting in touch to say, my child's struggling. So they maybe don't even realise that they need help. Mm -hmm. It's just, they think, you know, sometimes parents just think, well, they're just like that. And, you know, one thing goes after another and, and whatever, and then realising um, what play therapy is. So that's something that we really want to do is to raise an army of play therapists in Northern Ireland and um, for more people to actually go on the training. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really fussy. We will only use play therapists who have done the postgraduate because it is such specialised work and you need to be properly trained. And in my eyes, children deserve the best mm -hmm. um, and they deserve the, the therapists who have spent a lot of money to train in the postgraduate to be a play therapist. Um, so we're really fussy about that as well. Um, but yes, the bear um, came. I just had this image of a bear for a while and sat down um, and drew, it was geometric, obviously, um, the geometric bear. And then I looked up, we're taught in Jung. And when I looked up, um, a bear represents the dangerous, the dangerous contents of the unconscious, which is what we we're actually taking out of children. Uh -huh. um, and then it's a polar bear. And when I thought about that, it's really about we want to bring colour back into the lives of children in Northern Ireland. So at someday I'll have an animation where that bear walks across and, you know, the white bit turns into colour, yeah. all of the segments. I have a purple so, coat polar bear somewhere. Um, and when you count the number of sections that the polar bear has, I didn't know this, obviously, when I drew it. It's actually the recommended number of sessions that a child needs off play therapy. Brilliant. There you so go. it symbolises quite a lot of things. And then the little waymaker children are our future. Yeah. They are the, our pathfinders into um, future generations and they really matter. Mm -hmm. Their voice matters and who they are matters. And um, so they are, in my eyes, our little waymakers making that way and that path and any way that we can help them to reset if they need to. Um, yeah, we're there for sure. <laughs> oh, that's super. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, there's so much Thank I could you. ask you about. I was thinking there about... Um, there was a, an advert that we saw. It, it was, we were watching the, it's the celebrities swimming across the channel and there was an ad and it was all about the earth and it was kids. I think it's like sponsored by Amazon or something, but it was kids like jumping into rivers or standing in um, like amongst lots of rubbish. And they're like, what are you going to do? Like, I'm only eight. I, I'm only eight. And it was like, they, we, we have got to, to be aware yeah. of it because they are the future. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, super. And where can people find you? Okay, so we have a website, 
which is um, waymakerchildtherapy.co.uk. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook, Waymaker Child Therapy. Um, So I think our next stage is probably to get two social medias that our clothing will be separate. Yeah. But um, I am very aware that um, I'm doing it myself currently. And, you know, I'm one person. So you got to do what works. And sometimes as well, uh, I would be saying in the mentoring, sometimes they talk about it's good having it all under the one umbrella because the algorithm, it doesn't really matter. They'll find you no matter what. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry. Brilliant. Well, you're doing an amazing job and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And, for having um, me. Like then, your any events? Just I wanted to ask you about. You're talking about events. Are you, are you going to bid any more with the merch? We're just we will be. Yes, um, we have all our merchandise is online as well on our website. Okay. Um, and hopefully this week I might get our Facebook tied into that so that when you're on Instagram, our products will come up easily. Um, but yeah, we're just looking at events. We're hoping to be at a few Christmas events. Okay, um, a few Christmas family events and. We're looking um, at some markets, et cetera, that are from now in the autumn time. So we haven't confirmed them yet, but we will have all of the information on our social media. Brilliant. Well, well done you. And thank you again. All the best. And thanks everybody for listening and for watching. Um, I hope you've appreciated my headset. I didn't say it at the start. I couldn't find my, this is a gaming one. So I'm hoping the microphone even worked. And you will be able to find us on uh, YouTube. And I'd love you to subscribe so that you see and you listen to all the rest. Okay. Thanks for watching and listening.